Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we start memorizing combos for Bayonetta 2. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going really good. Yeah, I feel like I, I'm. Uh, it is good for me as well. Uh, I've been blowing my nose today. Mm, do you think this foretells illness in your future? I would hope not. I feel like I've been on the verge of getting sick for the last like month and a half, and I just, I don't, I don't. I'm done with that. Right. I don't want to just go ahead and get sick. Mm-mm. I just want the whole experience to be over. You are moving past it. I want to die. Is, yeah. that what I, <laughs> is that what I'm driving at here? I rode my bike to work today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was chilly, so maybe that's why I'm blowing my nose. Oh, maybe. Maybe just the temp- change in temperature in general. That could be. That could, Mark, I think we've cracked it. That's what it is. There'll be no more conversation on this topic. We will be discussing Bayonetta 2 uh, on Switch in just a moment, but before we get to that, uh, a couple things to remind you of, dear listener. Uh, Ocarina of Time, The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. We're going to be ranking the dungeons in that game. A week from today. A week from today. You don't have a whole week, though. You only have a couple days before we record our conversation about it. So if over the weekend you're like, hey, I have thoughts about those dungeons, email them to us. And you know what? Maybe you don't want to wait till the weekend no maybe you, do you it are right inspired now. right now that's right um and any any thought you have about any dungeon let's say your favorite dungeon is the you know ganon's castle at the end that's a valid thing i don't know that either of us are going to put it on the top of our lists unless you try to influence us mm-hmm. so you should email us uh nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com com. and just tell us what you think how would you rank them uh, what do you think is great? What do you think is no good? And while you're writing into us, yeah. why not just include your physical mailing address? Yeah, this is for a different thing, and maybe it should be a separate email. They can, you can combine emails if you want to. It's going to put a lot more work on me. <laughs> your physical uh, mailing address is for borrowing my copy of Sonic Forces, which you are more than welcome to do. It's a copy that I bought for Switch because I thought, Maybe this is a game I'll want to play. I don't like money. That was you. That was me. I was saying I don't like money. I was saying uh, I'd like to challenge myself to enjoy something I'm probably not going to enjoy. Uh, And so I bought Sonic Forces, and now you don't have to pay for my mistakes, I guess, (laughs) is how that works. Uh, So borrow it for as long as you want, and then just send it right back to me. It doesn't cost you a dime. Just got to play Sonic Forces for a little bit. Mark, we've got a little bit of a follow-up to something we were talking about last week on the Topic episode with Greg Smith. If you haven't listened to it, we talked about weird games, uh, including Def Jam Fight for New York, um, uh, Pest... Terminator, the, the Western Exterminator. There you go. Um, uh, for, uh, and uh, the Final Fantasy Legend, which inspired an email from uh, a listener by the name of Colin Narod, uh, who says uh, about Final Fantasy Legend... Hearing the plot of this reminds me of the story of Nimrod from the Bible, amongst other sources. If you're not familiar with it, here's the Cliff Notes version. 
Basically, Noah's son, Nimrod, the warrior, is pissed at God for the flood and the stranglehold that he has in, you know, of, of fear that he's instilled across the world. Nimrod brings four nations to, together to defeat God by building a giant tower, supposedly to reach God and defeat him. God, in a cowardly move, ultimately gets back at Nimrod by fragmenting his four nations centered around this Tower of Babel. God changed the languages of each nation so they couldn't collaborate anymore. Wikipedia says this confusion from the uh, lack of understanding spoken word is the root of the term Babel. So, and maybe the root of the term Nimrod? Uh, like, for maybe. an idiot? And also, uh, it is amazing that that tower thing is that like that's a constant. Um, this is one of the reasons that I, I brought up Final Fantasy Legend is that the whole point of the game is climbing a tower to kill God and uh, couldn't understand why that was part of it. But hey, maybe it's loosely connected to a story from the Bible. Yeah, thank you so much, Colin. Yeah, that um, I, I love when someone else does our research for, <laughs> for us. Um, but all, all, always great to, to hear from a listener. So uh, the rest of you, you've got homework to be more like that. Yeah, where can they send? You can send any of those emails to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Did we really ask for emails on three different subjects without saying the email address until right now? I feel like maybe. I don't know. It's impossible to know. Uh, we give out the email address on the show so frequently that I feel like I black out when I do it. So I don't even remember when it happens. Uh, all right, Mark. At long last, we've been withholding our uh, feelings about Bayonetta from each other. Let's get into our topic of the day. Bayonetta 2 on Switch. So generally speaking, had you any experience with Bayonetta as a series before this weekend? Yes. So I played the PS3 port of the original Bayonetta Mm -hmm. back in the day. Uh, It's a rough... I didn't know it at the time, but apparently it's a rough port. Like, okay. It's not a great version of the game, but I did play it. Uh, I had not played Bayonetta 2 at all because I didn't own a Wii U. Right. And previous to this, it was marooned on, on the Wii U. Um, I had a Wii U, but is and I have a lot of games for it, uh, but Bayonetta was just one that I never found my way to. Well, what's your feeling on action games in general? So, I kind of mixed, right? Like... I've I've dabbled with some of the De- uh, Devil May Cry games. Um, I like the God of War games, um, but I think what God of War does so well, even when like Kratos is being a screaming idiot and it's like, whoa, <laughs> um, that it, all of the set pieces and all of the settings that you're running around have like a real sense of place and of history. Um, so like, you know, well. I mean, ultimately, in, in any of these games, I'm going to dodge followed by button mashing um, with, like, you know, a, a little bit of finesse thrown in there. But, like, I don't know. If there's a way to, like, play these games really seriously, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think the most fun I've had mm-hmm. with an action game is the Batman series. Oh, that's interesting. Like The Arkham or, games? Like, I would consider that an action game just like the combat and everything yeah and i think what it comes down to the reason i like it so much is what you're saying about this like sense of place because in those games 
you're Batman. Right. And the place is Gotham City. <laughs> and it's awesome. Or Arkham Asylum specifically. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And I love those. Or I love the first three of those games. Um, Arkham Knight, I couldn't get through. Um, but yeah. It's so I, I think for me, action is never going to be enough on its own. That I, I'm always going to need something else to pull me into it. And like the Arkham games, like you said, it's a perfect example of like, oh, I'm into it because I love the lore. I'm into it because it's well-written and well-acted and looks amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, all those things are also true of God of War, um, which I guess brings me into all of my criticisms of Bayonetta 2. <laughs> Bayonetta 2. Um, I don't think this game looks good. I don't think it sounds good. I don't think it's well written, and I think the environments are ridiculous, and not in like a fun way, but in like a there's nothing for me to latch on to sort of way. I don't want to be too negative about this game because when there are times when I'm playing it, when I'm like locked in combat against some like big boss thing, and I'm dodging well, uh, and like bayonet is flipping around and doing crazy stuff, that I am having fun, and I never want to disparage something that is giving me fun. Um, but I think overall, I think this game is stupid. Uh, how do you feel about this game, Mark? <laughs> so, first of all, I am not a uh, technical ace at fighting at uh, action games at mm-hmm. all. So, if you are a member of like the Get Good Brigade, Brigade this is going to drive you crazy because I am not playing this game with the goal of becoming great at the combat. I'm playing it to get through it. Right, right, and so the combat is serviceable as long as it helps me reach that goal. Right, right, right. Um, so for for me, I, I feel like I'm taking a a similar approach. I do like, um, you know, what, and it, every time there's like a loading screen, you get to like kind of test out combos, and like it shows you a list of them on the on the side of the screen. So you can be like, oh, I can go like punch, punch, and then like pause for a second, and then go punch again, and then pause a second, and then go punch, punch again. And be like, that's pretty easy. <laughs> that's just like a little rhythmic thing. Um, so like, I do enjoy that, like in, in to some extent. But in the heat of battle, like I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be like dodge rolling until I hit that witch time, and then wailing on on the enemy. I guess the reason why I'm saying that is because if you really if you're a listener and you really enjoy action games yeah. for the like uh learning the combat and like learning all the combos and getting really good so that way you can defeat a boss and get like a platinum medal mm-hmm. at the end of it um then th- my feelings on this game might frustrate you because that is not my where my enjoyment of this game is coming from at all so it, that that's so interesting because like I do feel like there are combat systems like that that I can get into. Batman's a great example of one where um, it felt good to have like the counter move on top, and then like a regular attack, and then sort of like a stun attack, um, and basically everything just be and a jump, I guess, to like jump over guys, um, and everything just be based around like those four actions, um, whereas this in bayonetta it's like here are three different attacks and i don't really know what distinguishes one from the other like functionally what's different from between a punch and a kick you know like 
pushing triangle or a triangle i'm using playstation buttons uh pushing the top button or the right button um you know like that's just like well how did i decide to start this combo right and uh it feels like a lot of the combat is built around witch time yes which slow it's a dodge that you do at the very if you execute it at the very last second before an enemy hits you then it like uh slows down the enemy for a few seconds slows down all the enemies slows down all the enemies for a few seconds you're able to get off combos easier Mm -hmm. um that's where you can do your most damage so i don't i don't think i'm disliking the game as much as Mm -hmm. you are but i but i've really had to cut out all the presentational aspects because so and some of this is maybe that i haven't played the first Bayonetta for a really long time. Yeah. But I don't really remember anything about the story in that game. I don't know how you can remember anything about the story. But in, if, if the first game is anything like this one, I can't imagine that there's something memorable that happens in terms of plot. Like, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to <laughs> No, 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 you. you're right. Like, you're 100% right. In So Bayonetta 2, after a short, like, action-based prologue, starts with a very very long cutscene. I will say one of the nice things about this game is all the cutscenes are skippable. Yeah, but although you have to like tell the game that you mean it. Yeah, you had to push start and then go to skip cutscene, and it's like, are you and sure then you confirm? Wanna... Yeah, yes, and it's and... like, oh yes, I am positive. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Please skip this. So, because the first cut, there's a a really long cinematic at the beginning of uh, the game where you meet. Or you see, like, Enzo, mm-hmm. who is some character that doesn't seem to play any part in Bayonetta 2 for the rest of it. And they're in, like, New, New York, York City. City. Yeah. And it is excruciatingly embarrassing. Like, yeah. it's, it's so It's so poorly juvenile written, yes. And, like, poorly written. And so this is a game to me that, like, it feels like it wants to be so cool and edgy and like sexual and yes i never felt like it earned any of it it all just feels like it was written by like 13 year olds well because all of the characters i guess maybe uh bayonetta herself doesn't but like everyone throws around the most severe language saying the f word like left and right like in, in crazy like where they're flying through the air um and like there's a point where Enzo, uh, there's a motorcycle barreling down on him, and it's about to flatten his crotch because this is the level of humor that this game uh, engages in, and he's just screaming "mother effer," um, and it's like, what? That's no one's natural response to like a b- being hit by a, like he, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It just it just doesn't make any sense. It's so excited to play with uh, language that might make you squirm. And with uh, Bayonetta's body, um, which I also like, I can't play this game with anyone else in the room because, like, I'm just embarrassed. Like, if Sarah walks in, I'm like, I'm gonna take this thing out of the dock so she doesn't yeah. see this like dumb, sexy witch like throwing her clothes off to attack demons. Um, it just like there, there was a while where uh, I really didn't like reading some comics in public because like i didn't want someone to see that i'm reading a book that has like uh specifically the red lantern blees do you remember blees mm-hmm. um she's a, a scantily clad female lantern who has like giant wings 
and vomits like you know toxic blood plasma um which is just like a, a juvenile list of words strung together um and i don't want anyone to know that i'm reading that uh and that's not what i'm reading it for um and I just, I feel like I've got the same relationship with Bayonetta where like, I'm a little bit embarrassed by the fact that I'm playing it. Yeah. I, I have a really hard time with, uh, yeah, with the presentational aspects of it, uh, outside of the music, okay. which I think is occasionally really great. Like, uh, the store in the game is called the gates of hell gates of hell. And it, when you're in it, it plays this really like jazzy, like noir mm-hmm. number which I think is really catchy. There's a cover of Moon River in here. Which that is I think, so weird. It's so weird, but I think it works really... For some reason, it works really well in the context of the uh-huh. moment for me. Uh, and there's a couple of times where there's these like pop songs playing during combat. And I think that's when the game does the best job that it does of kind of embodying that cool kind of like flirty kiss-off mm-hmm. sort of attitude that it wants to... that it desperately wants to embody yeah i i wonder if like that's part of what we're missing is that it it is chasing a little bit of that like pop idol aesthetic which is something that is more japanese right um that you and i aren't responding to super positively and just being like "Mm, this is kind of dumb you know actually no I, i i take it back because the 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 parts that really lean into that i think it's funny that she heals herself with lollipops like that is uh, you know playing with the uh like sexuality and infantilization in a way that is like intriguing to me uh and that i can laugh at and really like you know when there's that in a uh kind of like pop punk cover of moon river like that makes sense to me yeah like i'm fine with that it's the moments like when uh it you're like in the middle of combat and it freezes and uh like the model of bayonetta is like rotated in a way that like the crotch is prominently in front of the camera yeah the, man that camera loves bayonetta's crotch it's it that's the parts where i'm just like come on but i also feel like the game's limited budget mm. really shows in a lot of ways like there are a few uh fully rendered like cinematic cutscenes. Yeah. But let's a talk lot about this. of the game. Yeah. A lot of like the story elements are told in this weird, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like living comic type. It's, yeah. Aesthetic. It's almost like motion comic, except maybe less. So like, yeah, it's less bas- expressive. It's basically that they take stills of, of the characters in the environment that they're in. Um, and like the environment is still animated. If there's like ru- running water, the water is still running in the background. Um, while the character stands there motionless and like some dialogue plays or like if they're skidding into place you'll see them skid into place um, and like you or know, like somebody's jewelry will be like shaking but it's really something. like limited animation right and it seems like what they're trying to do is just cut out the part where they have to deliver a performance by by the character um, and I don't think any even in like the, the cutscenes, I don't think anything is like motion capture performance. Like I think they're just animating these things as, as quick and dirty as they can. There are some moments during like Enzo's performance at the beginning where so like his head doesn't appear to be attached to his body. Um there's a scene where he's in a store buying a toy jet. Um and like they wrote the scene like the uh, shopkeeper has lines, but the shopkeeper doesn't have lines and doesn't re- isn't really animated. No, isn't really he animated at all. Like the same animation 
over and over. So it there are a lot of corners cut in the presentation uh, elements of this game, but like <clears throat> I don't know, I I struggle with that so much because the it doesn't matter, right? Like why you, the environments that you're moving between um, become so insane and so like divorced from any like real physical space that the need for a narrative, it doesn't seem like there is a need for narrative, right? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You're, uh, you, why does she even go to the city in the first place? Well, be okay. <laughs> I just said it doesn't make sense, but I am going to kind of explain what Please. happens. So the other witch dies, right? right? And so she's... Jean? Maybe. Jean? Everybody has like two names. Yeah. She's put into stasis, right? Right. And, uh, but in order to save her, Bayonetta has to go, um, climb like that, uh, tower. Right. The, it's like Freedom Vault or something Yeah, in like order that. to, like, get to the gates of hell. I don't know. That part's a little unclear to She's me. She's trying to get to Paradiso, right? Yes. Which is heaven. Right. Right. And there's a large tower that she has to climb to get there. But later, no spoilers, she ends up having, like, where they really want to go is the gates of hell. Because right. that's where witches go, obviously. The, the actual gates of hell, not the store called the gates of hell. Yeah, something like that. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm clarifying. That, <laughs> that, that, is, that is the case. And also, how weird is it that we're talking about another thing where someone is trying to ascend a tower? Or I know, a right. Just, we just, just talked to about. Yeah. Um, and uh, so this city is built at the bottom of the mountain yeah. where the gates of heaven are. So that's why she ends up going to the city. So the initial first part of the game where you're, it's like a prologue where you're just fighting and it's spouting narration, but none of it makes any sense. And it's very busy. It's and very you can, visually and you, busy. And you can't pay attention to any you of the narration. You can't make sense of any of right. it. And it's basically like you're fighting in the battle for New York in the first Avengers movie. Right, like you're flying around on the back of yeah, <laughs> yeah, and even like from like a combat perspective, it, it it doesn't make any sense. It's it was hard for me to like make out oh, what yeah. like and, the and, enemies were mm-hmm. or like any of that kind of and stuff. And at that point, you're just button mashing, and like you have literally no idea. The game hasn't tried to explain anything to you. Yeah, you don't know what your weapons are. You're just going. And then once that and the terrible cinematic at the beginning yeah. is finally over with, and you get to the city. It's not a great environment. It's kind of a generic looking kind of like Italian, Italian city, right. city, but it at least opened up in a way that I was like, that um, I enjoyed the aspect of like running around and kind of exploring the environment. Even though it's pretty limited still. It is limited. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, like you can run as a cheetah. Right. type thing or like a panther. It's a panther i think yeah um later you can you can transform into a snake to like swim or like a serpent to like swim through the water and you can buy an upgrade so that you can uh fly through the air like a crow and there cool. there are some little like uh side missions you can do that uh they're like mini challenges so it's like defeat all the enemies in one combo defeat all the enemies but you can only do damage in witch time like those sorts of things then you get items for doing it so it's not a thoughtless game right there are like the building sure. blocks of a potentially fun game and i didn't hate it like once i got into the mode of like i skipped every cutscene as soon as it started and so suddenly i would it nothing made any sense to me in this game i'd be like standing around in a church and then 
suddenly all of a sudden I'm like barreling down a tunnel of water with a giant like it's the same experience <laughs> if you watch the cutscenes. I mean it's because I, I did I one thing I did do is I switched the voice acting to Japanese because I was like I can't listen to these actors uh struggle with this dialogue anymore because the dialogue doesn't make any sense. And it's just it's poorly written i would say yeah it's very poorly written characters are never responding to what someone just said they're always just talking um in like weird little poetic things that you're like maybe that sounds pretty but it's probably just like a a cliche thing that they're pulling from an action movie or or whatever um but there's a so how, how far did you get in this game i think i'm on chapter 11 okay i'm on chapter 10 so there is like a big uh plot development that uh did have like I actually recognized some, like I recognized the characters and was like oh this is meaningful because this character did this to another character's mother um but like it took and that's like chapter nine somewhere but it took until like nine chapters in for me to finally be like I understand one thing that's happening in this game um and maybe it's not fair for me to ask for like emotional or physical stakes in a game where you're, you know, like jumping around and summoning hair demons um, to fight angels. How do you feel about the angels you fight or any of the, the monsters? Of, I actually, of any I, I don't mind the design of the games. Like, I think some of the environments are pretty boring, but I think some of them are kind of fun. And I think the enemies you're fighting, especially some of the bosses, mm-hmm. I think are pretty cool. Yeah, I like the... Uh the the moment any moment when you're introduced to a new angel or demon as, as well like as you start uh, heading into hell um that you know it has its own little like cinematic thing just a couple seconds and then we get like a, a nice like sketch version of of the uh, of the enemy and then like you get its name and it's always you know something like highfalutin and biblical um and then it like goes in a book and then gets filed away <laughs> like that's a cool little way to present them um and feels like you're collecting information even though you know there's these are all enemies that you just have to encounter through the course of the game but it's got a little bit of that like collecting or cataloging component to it um speaking of uh little books that get filed away you you encounter tomes and things with uh mythology in them like memories yeah memories did you read any of these things no uh i read like the first two that i collected and was like okay no i never need to do this again (laughs) um it just ends up being another little collectible right through through the course of the game i haven't done this but uh i know people have been scanning amiibo into the game because uh the switch version has amiibo functionality i guess possibly the wii u version did as well i think it did yeah uh and there are some fun like inside jokes for some of the amiibo like when you do the splatoon one yeah it says like the the kids from inkopolis have uh brought you a gift um yeah it it is cool uh it has different um it'll say different things for like if you scan a donkey kong amiibo it says something about like you know bananas and the kongs um something there's for mushroom kingdom uh there's a special message for scanning the bayonetta amiibo itself um and but for most of the smash brothers ones it's like wow it's weird to think that you were in that all-star fighting uh you know lineup which is true (laughs) like it is weird that bayonetta was in smash um but so when you scan amiibo you do it uh at the gates of hell the the store um and 
any you can scan any amiibo into this even um uh, amiibo that the game doesn't recognize it's just like oh amiibo from parts unknown um and it'll give you just sort of like a random sampling of uh little items uh like either the uh, green herb lollipops or other um like the red shot which will bring you back to life when you die or any of those other little items and uh you know between 5 and 20,000 halos to spend in the store the the money in this game is called halos they're also very obviously just rings from sonic the hedgehog <laughs> um but you can scan up to 32 of these per day so i've done this twice i've <laughs> i've had the game for three days i've scanned in 64 amiibo um and you can scan in the same ones you know day after day after day so you must be like lousy with green uh lollipops yes i am lousy with green lollipops i purchased all of bayonetta's moves so i could just do them all um and then like load it up on extra health um because i got to a point where i was like you know what i don't i don't want to die in this game anymore i i still want to like do good in a fight and i feel better when i can clear it with a gold or silver medal very rarely a platinum medal um and i get bummed out when i get a stone medal um, but you know, it doesn't make me like retry the fight, but then I feel bad about it. One thing that I do think is interesting about this game is, uh, the combat system can be modified to, uh, suit your play style, right? Cause you can buy the moves that you want, like the special moves that you want yeah. that fit best. Also there in the store, there are lots of items that make the game easier. Yes. And so if you're like a player that's struggling with it, it's a neat way to like balance the game. There is a easy mode, a normal, and like a hard. Are you playing on normal? I'm playing on normal, yeah. yeah. Me too. But uh, you know, if you are in it and you need some extra help, the game is very accommodating to that. Yeah. You know, for it's sure. it's not like uh uh it's not trying to be punishing. Yeah, and I mean, especially if you've got 32 Amiibo that you can throw into it every day. I mean, like, I... I How long does that take? That has to take forever. Yeah, it takes about 20 minutes. <laughs> but it's exciting to see all of these, like, rewards come in. And some of them, some of the Amiibo come with, uh, you know, other costumes for Bayonetta. So I have a Link costume for her. I've got the really strange Princess Peach costume. Like, it is weird to see a character wearing that dress with you know like the a garter belt and you know it's like a sexy version of peach um there's a samus costume that she has um but like i don't know it all it feels wrong to like put her in those different outfits i feel like she should just be wearing the the you know her the bayonetta outfit i want her to look like bayonetta mm-hmm. um so yeah, there, it's not just those le- those items. There's also those like kind of cool, unique cosmetic things yeah, that I, come with Amiibo. I guess it just in general where I'm torn about this game is that I think the like combat action side of it is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my favorite action game that I've ever played, but I think it's it, there are moments where I'm like really having fun. But uh, I am really bothered by a lot of the like uh, sexualization stuff. Yeah. That it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not fun to me. Yeah. And I think that's, a, I don't know, it, it feels gross. I don't, I don't like it. And so that's why I'm kind of turned off on this game in general, because even that parts of it that are fun are always interrupted by these like moments that just kind of make me feel gross. 
Yeah, I mean, as as you're doing a big attack, a lot of this is something that doesn't make sense. Bayonetta's hair, which is short in this game, is also her clothes. Yes, is also her like weapons, right? Yeah. Uh, so when you're performing bigger attacks, she has more hair committed to the attack, which means there's less hair covering her body. And like every time the camera like swoops back around and like you can almost see a nipple. I'm like, what are we do? What is this? What are we doing? I don't know, like, who this aspect of the game is for, other than like, thirteen-year-old boys. Um, and you know, like, like I said at, at the beginning of the show, like, I have felt embarrassed playing this game a lot. Um, and even, even outside of those moments where, you know, her body is exposed in uh, kind of pervy ways. Just the way she's designed, her legs are like twice as long as they should be, and uh, she always her posture is it's a boobs first way of walking, right? Like she's her back is arched in like an insane way all the time, like in cutscenes and like swinging her hips. It, it's like it's it's nonstop. Here's one thing that I don't think would fix the game, but that I think would at least make it a little more uh feel like everybody was in on the fun is if they took the hypersexualization that they uh imbue Bayonetta with uh-huh and did it to the male characters. Yeah, sure. I mean one problem with that is a male character that we spend a lot of time with is at least visibly a child. Right. <laughs> so that would be But there's like the cowboy dude. The cowboy dude, yeah. We should be he should be dripping with sweat and like hunky all the time. Yeah. And so he's just like a weird cowboy dude. I mean, it just feels, uh, I don't know, just like so targeted in a way yeah. that I find unappealing. I did try a thought experiment for a little bit where I was like, if I pretend that uh, Bayonetta is a man in drag, is this more fun? Like, can I, uh, is the sexuality more like celebratory or, and, but even in that, I was like, no, it, it still feels gross to me. Uh, which is a shame because like, I like the idea that there is a way for this character to be like empowering in some way, but she, she feels so subject to like the male gaze and also just knowing that it's like coming out of Japan too, uh, doesn't do anything to make me. Yeah. And we're introduced to her and she's on like a shopping spree and it's just like, what the hell? (laughs) What is this? Yeah, I agree. Uh, but the design of the enemies are kind of cool. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to like go back and say positive things about the game after like sitting in the things that I don't like about it. Sure. Um, and I you, think that's fine. Yeah. Uh, do Do you think you're going to uh, play through to the end of this or eight eighteen chapters in in the game? By I, I looked it up because at some point I was like, I want to get at least halfway through. <laughs> right. Right. Um. No, probably not. I'm probably not, not invested enough in what's going on to and I am not enjoying the combat enough. Uh can I share with you the 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 plot development thing? It's a spoiler yes, for Yes, please. Okay. I would love to. It's a spoiler for halfway through Bayonetta, so you've been warned. Um Loki, the kid that's been running around with you, uh murdered Bayonetta's mother. Um and Bayonetta's mother and the Lumen Sage uh that you're like fighting throughout the course of the game are Bayonetta's parents. Oh. And I don't know what the fallout is from that, but like you see it played out in one of those 
awful cutscenes. That's not really a cutscene, <laughs> where it's just like this clock is, you know, uh, marking out time between uh, like panels in a motion comic. Um, and that was the one thing that I was like, oh, I get. There are maybe emotional stakes here, um, but this is the first thing I've under- <laughs> first thing I've understood all all the way through this. Um, I am glad that I played this mm-hmm. because now I don't have to anticipate Bayonetta three. Yeah, that was going to be my follow up question: Is do, does this kill all hype you have for Bayonetta three? Yes, it's also just interesting to me, and this is more like a personal note that. Uh, how different I'm affected by Bayonetta 2 than I was when I played Bayonetta. Sure. Do you the think, original. Do you think that is a matter of where you are in your life, or is it possible that just where we are in time, because we're, we're existing in a different time right now, and you and I are, you know, we've always been like sensitive guys, um, but we're existing in a different space now where... Um, you know, uh, the treatment of women is more on the forefront of just the conversation, whether or not it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the more on the forefront of our minds. So I remember there was some conversation around the original Bayonetta mm-hmm. and uh, this idea, you know, that she like when she performs a powerful attack, all of her hair is gone. So she's naked. Like that's like things that were in the first game. Yeah. And there was a conversation around it at the time. Uh, I, but I think it's definitely both. I think I am a different person than I was when the game was, was originally released. And I definitely think that, uh, just like in the world we have, like the way we approach stuff like this is different. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if it's just a matter of, um, there's some, some point like in history and in just like our personal developments where. Uh, we can see the objectification of Bayonetta and recognize it as funny. If we can be like, it's funny that a game would go this far to objectify its main character, right? Like, and that it is ridiculous the lengths to which they do it. But like, I'm in a place now and I feel like the culture is sort of in a place now where it's like, it's just not funny. Um, so I, 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 I wonder, I haven't heard a lot of like negative stuff about this game. And it it was sort of bumming me out to have this experience in what I felt like was a, a vacuum um, and, until we're talking about it now. So I would be interested to see how other people are uh, that if, if you picked up Bayonetta, what your experience is with it, um, if you're able to look past uh, these presentational flaws or if you're finding them to be you know, like I say, either funny or if there's like a, a way that they do feel empowering. I would be really interested to hear from a, a woman on this, um, you know, what your experience of playing as this hypersexualized character is. Um, all right. That is going to do it for our conversation about Bayonetta 2. And Mark, let's get into the end of the show here. Remember, you've got just a couple days to tell us what you think about uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time Dungeons. Otherwise, Mark and I are going to rank these things all by ourselves with no input from you. And then we'll resent you and you'll resent us. <laughs> and it'll be like Christmas all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can send all of your thoughts on those dungeons to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. All of that helps us out considerably. And we appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, 
I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. Collectively, we are at Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you want to check out the Facebook page, that is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, and if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we do write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. If you would like to find more of his music, you can go to apebetty.com or you can listen right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, I just don't get Enzo. He doesn't make any sense to me. And thanks for listening. Forget about it. Campfire.